Hello and welcome back to Murder Mornings. We're on week four this week. Now, changed it up a little bit for you because I'm really interested in the comments that you make on these cases. So today's comments are about Lee Boxall case and Kevin Hicks and also Reese Collins. So I've took a good few out of them, of the comments. I can't take all of them, unfortunately. There's just no way we'd be here forever. Um, and these ones are just off of the YouTube um, channel, Murder Analyze. So it's, that's just come off of that. I haven't took them off Facebook and I haven't took them off anywhere else. Because these comments I found are a bit of a mixture. Also, they're really interesting. So right from the off, I want to thank you, you know, for these comments. Because not just for me, but to um, show everybody else you know, who reads your comments and stuff, just what really is going on out there or what was going on out there in the time of these murders and disappearance. It's really interesting stuff. Actually so interesting that some of them now I'm actually researching to um, write about and make a case about for a video on this channel. That's how, you know, interesting these are. So I just want to thank you, everyone who wrote comments and I'm so sorry <coughs> that we couldn't do um, all of them I just wouldn't have time but I have read them and I've researched um, quite a lot of, of these ones so I'd just like to thank as we get going you know my members um, and you'll see up on the list of the members and that I really appreciate it um, you know I can need all the help I can get I think we've run in this channel but I just want to say thank you I really appreciate it and as always um, I just want to make sure that you know you're seen to um you know for your for helping also i think i've just read on youtube they've just sent me an email to say on the 4th of or the 2nd of november that also it won't just be your names that people will be able to see it be your your actual um profile pictures so um that's that's coming so for members that's coming so i really appreciate it so thank you very much for that the lee broxbourne case has gone well um I don't think Kevin Hicks won. I, they're old cases. And plus, because I've had a few months off, it takes time for people to get back into them. But we have got now people coming back onto Murder Analyzed, and we have got people now that are binge watching all the videos. So thank you so much. Now, these are still important cases just because they're old. It doesn't mean to say that they're not relevant today. They really are. They really are relevant, these cases. You know, these kids haven't been found. The bodies haven't been found. So the more we can push these cases out there, the better. Because as always, someone is going to know something. But okay, let's get back to Murder Mornings and let's start with the first comment that I've picked out of it. If this is Blondie, and I'm only going to use the first sort of names in, in this. You can, as I, and these, these questions are actually going up for everyone else to read and so they can understand of where we're all coming from here. So the first one is Blondie um, and she, it was about four or five days ago that she wrote this now, um, and she says it was a cult. They called themselves the White Witches. They had scrolls and uh, rules hidden away and kids were threatened if they told anybody about what was going on that there would be consequences um, to harm, which would harm them, or harm would come to them in some way. Now, um, listen, cults and stuff like this, I mean, there's a lot of 
witch cults out there, which are what they call white witches, which don't do any harm to anyone. So let's get that straight. You know, it's a very old um, way of practicing, but they're not all like this. This was run actually by a couple of paedophiles, wasn't it really? And yes, they did call themselves this cult. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think one of them, what was it, Peter, um, he claimed that he was this high priestess, uh, priest and this Jack Kemp, 69, I think at this time, um, you know, donated robes and all this stuff, you know, pagan artifacts and stuff, and attended ceremonies in which children were forced to be stripped uh, and then abused, and police believe um, that children as young as three years old were abused by this pair. Now, what you're going to find with paedophiles, so this was in St Ives in Cornwall. Now, when you're going to, you know, paedophiles like to infiltrate or start up or do something, and I think like in Lee Broxbourne, uh, uh, Boxall's case, sorry, it, um, you had things like running youth centres or, you know, you know, unofficial youth centres. They like to get in to things, to create things, to get people, vulnerable people, you know, bloody stupid people sometimes that join these cults thinking they belong to something. But the people running it have got much more um, different ideas about what they want to get from this cult. Now, I'm not saying this has not got anything to do um, with any of this, because just because they were in St Ives in Cornwall means nothing. Paedophiles are everywhere. They know each other. God knows how, but they do. Also, I'm um, in mean, the case I think I'm doing um, at the weekend, um, Sinclair case. Now, he was a serial killer. They think he's killed up to, I think he's been done for four, but they think it's up to about 17. He sort of travelled around. Because in these days, in the 80s, you see, when the police were investigating these cases, it was not a multi-agency task then. It was individual police stations and you know the police detectives in that region in that area really that investigated these crimes so other crimes that were taking place around in england at that point were not linked they weren't linked that's a different case now um so you know this comment i think is really interesting and again it's a case that i'm going to look into a little bit more and find out who else maybe belonged to this cult and um you know how it really started so thank you blondie great comment really interesting i'm sure that a lot of people would be interested in finding out more about this cult so thank you for that now georgina now she said that the cold case should be reinvestigated with new dna abilities that the police have today absolutely right and she says that she's so sad for the families and we all are now you know of course it would be great wouldn't it if we could um investigate now with the new dna techniques that they've got out you know how how far we've come now with dna even in the last couple of years the advances in dna are amazing absolutely but that's only if the police kept the evidence um that's the only way because if they, they felt in that time that this case was a suicide and then it was left as an open verdict, did they keep any, did they keep the belt? Did they keep his clothes? You know, did they? Um, we don't know, because I'm sure if they did, 
they would have retested it by now. So unfortunately, DNA is only as good as the police. This is um, really keeping that evidence. And how long can you keep evidence for? You know, this wasn't, because it had this, you know, I think, as I said, again, in this time of, um, they, we didn't have DNA. DNA wasn't around, so it wasn't in their mindset, right? It just wasn't. No one fault, you know, if we keep, you know, the DNA, I mean, it was coming in the 80s, but if they, you know, they really didn't know the significance of it around this time. Or did they care as, as well to keep this evidence? And this evidence can't be tainted in any way. It has to be kept, stored, you know, refrigerated. It has to, a lot has to be done. Did they do it? Because if they didn't do it, then there is no DNA or any items that can be checked for DNA and therefore the case really would be so difficult now to prove. So it's all theories with this case. But again, a great question. Thank you for that. So this is um, a comment from Chad, really interesting comment as well. So he said, um, I've always found it intriguing um, of why he, meaning Lee Boxall, um, was waiting around for so long. Um, and, I, and he believes, and so do I, that he's probably waiting around for some girl, really. You know, he's a teenager, of course, you know, he's waiting around in town. But he also says that, um, that he also, he also thinks that they found a watch of Lee's uh, near the church. Possibly, I'm not sure, but I'll check that out. So thanks for that, Chad. I mean, yeah, I mean, he left his mate, didn't he? He went to town at 11 o'clock. He left his mate at one o'clock and said that he was going, you know, really to watch the football or whatever, but he didn't go. So he was either planning on meeting someone, as I've said sort of in the case, or he had bumped into someone. Now listen, you're talking about teenagers. You know, teenagers uh, you know, change their mind what they're doing all the time. But I do agree, because he left his mate at one o'clock and said he was going somewhere else, he was either meeting someone, you know, and didn't want anyone else to know, or he, by chance, met someone. So, yes, um, you know, unless there's witnesses that come through or something, really, you know, Again, this is why we bring up these old cases, because it's to jog people's memory, isn't it? Now, if he was meeting someone or meant to meet someone, they should come forward, shouldn't they, really? If they've got nothing to hide, they should. Now, this is a comment from Lisa uh, about a week ago, just over a week ago. And she said, Having spent my teenage years in foster care, I was a witness to my peers often going missing due to the vulnerability and the desperate needs need to be loved and accepted. Oh God, they um, constantly engaged in unsafe behaviour. Luckily, after a few days, they always returned home. But these are similar to what the, the men was doing in the shed. Um, they've preyed on these sort of kids really these vulnerable kids and she said her thoughts are with Lee's family I mean listen Lisa thank you um, for that comment and I, I agree you know you, you've got these kids that are put into care you know they're all you know they are searching for love they are searching 
to be wanted and needed and cared for and, and uh, accepted into our society because they feel they're not. And I don't think society do enough to make them feel wanted, to tell you the truth. You know, you've got kids in care and it's all oh, kids in care. Well, kids in care have a bloody terrible time, really. But one, they have a lot of history behind them to get into care and it's usually not their fault. It's usually the fault of, a, you know, their parents or somebody else. And then we put them into care and, you know, and especially at this time in the 80s, um, you know, what was going on in these care homes and we're going to come to that in a little while. You know, it's shocking really. But, you know, we've had great stories of some care homes and we have had mostly terrible stories of care homes and the abuse and stuff that these kids have suffered in this. And absolutely, I think in Margate a few years ago, there was a... Um, a home for kids you know and listen paedophiles were literally walking around outside waiting you know it's um <laughs> it's a big issue across the world this it's a big issue across the world and um as i said there isn't just one paedophile there's probably millions of them and they were always going to target the vulnerable the young and the innocent because they think they can and I think this is what's got to stop in our mindset. People don't want to talk about it. We shouldn't talk about it. You know, no, if you don't talk about it, this will not change. We still have care homes today for children. And these, there's a lot more in place now on this. Does it always stop it? No, because as you say, your friends and your peers that you saw leaving this place are then going out into the real world. They may be gone for a few days, but they're coming back lucky for them they come back because they only had to meet the wrong person and they would not so thank you Lisa for your comment and thank you for sharing it with us I really appreciate that so thank you so Casey says that 365 days for 33 years somebody knows something and she feels for Lee's parents and um, it's so sad now I agree with you um, Katie I, I do you know, someone knows something and has done from the day this child went missing. Actually, from the day all these children went missing or was murdered. So thank you, Katie. I agree with you that someone knows something in all these cases out there. Of course they do. But they just, for some reason, won't or can't say anything. But it just takes someone to make some phone call some email, something to give this police something, or the family, something to search, some, something. Because absolutely, in all these cases, someone knows something. And it's terrible, isn't it? That someone knows, you know, where but, uh, you know, kids are buried and they've allowed these families to suffer for all this time. Um, and also, I believe, even with Reese Collins, that somebody knows something and again hasn't come forward with any information whether they're going to incriminate themselves or not i'm not sure but um it's an, it's it's time isn't it to put these cases to rest i think and give this these families some break from this so thanks for that comment katie it was lovely so karen said karen has said about over a week ago um they could have been kidnapped and sold into human trafficking um, it's a worldwide problem. Absolutely, it's a worldwide problem. Absolutely, it is. Um, 
but whether it was a worldwide problem in the 1980s. Who's to know though, Karen? I mean, really, this is what I love about this um, chats and we're having the comments that you send in because really, are we only thinking that human trafficking is now? Are we? Because really in the 80s, everywhere drugs were being trafficked, everywhere, especially across European borders. I mean, from here, I mean, it's, it's like a gateway, isn't it? Really. So I'm not going to um, say it couldn't be, really. I'm not. But I think um, if, if we're talking about kids going missing today, um, yeah, we'd have to look at, at that more. But no, they didn't even look at that in the 80s. That wouldn't have even been thought about. But thank you anyway for your comments. Really interesting comment. Uh, now, Michael, <coughs> he says he thinks he was killed by Lambert. Um, yeah, I, I, listen, if Lambert didn't do it himself, um, he had others to do it because there was more than one paedophile. Lambert was not the only paedophile working out of this makeshift, you know, youth centre at this shed. There was other paedophiles and a lot more going on. And as we come down this, and you'll see in a minute when I get to the other comments, what we're going to talk about. Um, yes, I would have said, yes, he absolutely had something to do with it, but I don't think he would have been the only one. So thank you for that interesting comment. Now, this is from Martine. Now, she says, I remember, as I had also moved back uh, to London, I am London Irish, uh, and left at 10 years old. Right, so she left Croydon now at 10 years old. I was 18 and left home from Ireland and went back to Camberwell, um, and had because she had family there. Now, Lee Boxall and Jasmine Beckford will always be on my mind. Now, I haven't researched Jasmine Beckford, but I will. So I'm, I'm, thank you for your comment, and I will look at um, Jasmine Beckford's case. And, um, you know, I think, especially with Lee um, Boxall, a lot of people have said, because the father's never stopped, you know, I, I mean, the father does acquire, doesn't he, for the missing, uh, you know, to highlight not just his child that's gone missing, but many, many children that's gone missing in this area and around this time and, and stuff, and they do acquire. And listen, I think they've got a Facebook page and everything else. And if you want to support them financially or any other way, please do so. Um, I'll see if I can find their link and I'll, I'll put it on. But, you know, these parents of these children are trying to keep their kids in the public eye. Just because you can't find them doesn't mean we, can't, we should forget. And I think, so thank you, um, Martine, Martina, uh, Martina, I really appreciate that comment and I will look at her case. Thank you. Sort of a bit of an off the relevant comment. This is from Terry. Now he says, hello, Christina. Do you know of any books that um, you would recommend for learning about crimes and stuff? I'm looking to get into criminology. So I would have answered you before now, um, but the thing is with criminology, it depends if you're going to go to university and do criminology. Criminology, everyone I know that's just done criminology, like parole work and stuff like that. I think, I think if you, you email me back or give me a bit more comment into what area you want to know. Now listen, the best thing to do when you want to know about learning about crimes and stuff is know the basics of the law as well. Basics of psychology. And then that will give you an idea of where you want to go. Criminology um, 
it, it takes you in different paths so it depends what pathway you want to go on so give me a little bit more of a idea of what you want to really get into and then I can tell you what to do not tell you what to do but advise you and um, give you some examples of what books that you should be reading but listen if you're interested in crime you want to go into criminology it's um I think I've always said criminology is a mixture of psychology and law really human behavior then you've got the um, criminology looks at really um, the environmental and all these sort of different impacts that impact on people in their lives and um, I think that's why a lot of um, people that's just done criminology go into like you know um, working with ex-prisoners and stuff like that so give me an idea of what you really want to do and um, I'll sort you out so Megan says three or four days ago I don't think these kids were killed because of concerns that they would have spoken up about the abuse because very seldom has a kid coming forward with that kind of information has led to anything good or meaningful. The courts, the law enforcement, seems to nearly always find uh, a way to let the victim and survivors down, except in some rare cases. I think the killings take place either for gratification or some um, for some of these guys or to keep these other kids compliant or to keep these other guys in the ring compliant and quiet through blackmail. Um, you know, it's such an interesting comment really because there's a lot in it that's absolutely right really. You know, and especially in them days it's well known that when kids were coming forward you know, only even in them days, it's, uh, I mean, now there's a little, little bit better. Uh, so, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. I, I agree that, that, you know, but I don't think it was about, I think Lee Boxall was probably killed because he would have gone into the and reported it. He would have. He's... Um, he was a bit of a different child. He didn't come from a care home. He had people that would have listened to him. And this is the problem when we talk about these lot of these kids that were going to this, you know, shared in different places like that, is that they thought they wouldn't be believed. And to tell you the truth, they probably wouldn't have been believed because there was a lot of people around at that time that were into paedophilia, lots from lots of different walks of life, really. And so, um, you know, no, they probably wouldn't have been believed. But I think with Lee, he, I, listen, he was either targeted, right, because of the way he looked, he, you know, really, or he did, you know, meet someone and maybe they told him about um, what was going on or he witnessed some abuse and he was going to tell. But I actually agree with that comment. Also, the courts and that, yeah, I, listen, I, I, you've seen some of my cases, you know, I slay them. Don't I? I've not got hardly any time a nice word to say about them, really. Especially when we look back in these days, in the 80s, 70s and 80s, you know, this one I'm doing at the weekends, um, older than that, in the 70s. And, uh, you know, it's um, bloody madness, really, what was going on. So, yes, I, I, I do. And I think, as you're right, in some rare cases, you know, they may have been listened to. 
They may have been, and that one rare case may have been if Lee had said something that they may have listened, because I think the father and the family probably would have pursued it, but you may not, you may not, because it wasn't happening to his son. Um, they may not have, they may have thought, well, keep out of that, keep away from it, because in them days, you know, people didn't speak about it. So I think you're absolutely right. And I think the other thing is as well, when you're talking about paedophile rings, and it always amazes me, you know, with these rings. I mean, you know, how do they get together? How do they know? Are they projecting something like I'm a paedophile and only other paedophiles can see it? You know what I mean? How do you get all these people? Like you sit in a pub and, and you're going to have a chat and you're, you're going to, and I mean, there's, there's actually, in this case, it's come up this weekend. Um, it's a little bit like that about serial killer. How do they know each other? How do they know each other's mindset to do that? And then how do you control them once you've got them in? So if they're easily led, like you are assuming that some of these paedophiles are, and they get into this paedophile ring, and then they are have to be compliant, don't they? Because, you know, you've done it, so we don't do it. You know, it's a very interesting comment, this, and it opens up wider thinking, doesn't it? But I always come back to, with paedophiles or serial killers that work together or killers that work together, how do they know that person's mindset? Because the risk of talking about it, you know, it's strange, isn't it? So thanks for that comment, Megan. It's a very, very good comment. Bubba. He's got five miles from Sydney Cook's haunt and four miles from the shed. Uh, mm, he said, I wonder. And then he goes on to say, 300 yards from Shirley Oak Children's Home, I wonder. Oh, what a great comment. I mean, opened up, hasn't it, here, really? Because let's, let's talk about this, uh, well, we know where um, Sidney Cook lived and he had his little, you know, thing on the Kingsmead estate and all this sort of stuff. Plus, there's other, they had other houses and different things that they were doing things in. Um, so, a great comment from that. But also, let's talk about this uh, Shirley, um, Shirley Oaks Children's Home. Again, because, and we've just talked about Children's Home in other comments. This is a great comment because what you've done is you've opened up to everybody else what really this home was all about and what was really going on in this area at this time and as i said this shed was not just about you know one paedophile this shed was about multiple paedophiles multiple kids going there because you're a few miles aren't you away from a children's home with these vulnerable children that we just spoke about and so yes absolutely relevant i agree with you absolutely relevant to these cases all these cases because all of them all of them were in croydon at this time very very relevant so the inquest heard into um when there was an inquest into this uh children's home it's you know so called children's home um they were subject to prolonged sexual and physical and racial abuse um, and that were paedophiles targeted this Shirley Oaks uh, campus in Croydon, uh, which could house up to 350 children. I actually think at one time there was over 400 children in there, so it was well overcrowded anyway. This just shows you what a problem we had in this country 
with you know kids being taken into care and put in places like this. Now this place closed in 1983. So our cases aren't they from 1985, um, 86 and 88. That means nothing. This paedophiles were already in this area. This paedophile already knew you know what was going on. This shed was still going. You know these paedophiles a lot would have moved on because if they came and can't get to a children's home and the young vulnerable children that's in them they're going to move on and go elsewhere but not all not all so it's really relevant actually um that that and I, i'm so interested actually um in this case um because i'm actually gonna i'm gonna do it because of the um the amount of children so it says the victims were drugged tortured sexually assaulted by very many paedophiles this independent inquiry heard into the sexual abuse that was told there. There's, I mean, I think there's some terrible stories that come out of this and they say there's about over 500 children, what they know of, were abused in this place. In this place. Over 500. Now, when you put that into some perspective and you think at this time also Jimmy Savile and all this was going around, Jimmy Savile alone, the... Um, offences against him, the, the people that he abused and offences against him were over 500 for one man. So I think there's more than 500 um, here, yes, because a lot of people that have been sexually abused do not come forward because they feel it's their fault, they're embarrassed about it and so a lot of these figures are well, well under what they should be. So listen Bubba, I think this is a great, great comment and thank you for sharing that with us really interesting and um, I'm definitely going to look into that case so thank you for that and this is why I love these murder mornings because this is what we get from it much more detailed information on what was actually going on in Croydon at this time. Now Jan says about this psychic this Tony Stockwell uh, and this documentary about Reese um, is it's on Prime Video I haven't had time to watch it yet Jan, but I will I will watch it um, and it was about five years ago, and it, it said it had the father on there, and it had, um, I think, the sister on there as well. Listen, I think anything, anyone, now, people believe in psychics or they don't. It's entirely up to you. I think when you've lost a child, any help, isn't it, is better than nothing. Because, you know, Tony Stockwell would have, he's got a lot of followers, and, you know, he's a very nice man, he's got very many followers, and this would have highlighted this case out there exactly like what we're doing now we're talking about it again it hasn't gone away we've come back and um i think there was another comment but i couldn't find it on who they actually um one of the um people said about who they thought did this crime i'll go back over it and i'm also gonna look at him so you know great comment thanks for that and um uh, i think yeah tony stockwell anything that highlights any case is a good thing so Greta says um this is such so sad which it is and I think always I I think we always thought young girls were at risk never boys who could really handle themselves and everything and as we said that you know Kevin Hicks was he was um five foot uh, seven or five foot ten and Lee Hicks was about five foot seven so you'd think wouldn't you okay that they can handle themselves and I think this gives us a false you know, security when we let our kids out, you know, you, oh, the girls, you can't go out because you know you're a girl, the boys, oh, you can go out because you're all right. 
No, you're not. Because as I've said before, predators like boys or girls. And a lot of them like a challenge and a lot of them have a certain look and a want and a need and they want it fulfilled. And if them victims match what they want, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. They will get you. So, yeah, and I think as she says, you know, um, predators always prey on the vulnerable and yes, teenage boys is that. So thank you for that comment and thank you for highlighting that about the both. Yes, it's, it's true. It's not always girls. There's a lot more boys than you think. She's, now this is from Janet and she says, no one likes to listen to crimes against children, but I think it's important that we try, we educate ourselves and use the knowledge to protect our own children and recognize the signs in other people's children. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, you can listen to me crime shows as you want. You can do so much stuff, you know, yourself. You can, but you're the only people really that your children's actually really going to listen to. It may seem like they're not a lot of the time. You know, these kids, it may seem like they're not, but these days our kids, I think, are much more worldly. You know, you shouldn't hide what's out there you know, but you can do it in a way it doesn't scare them. It's, it's really important that these kids, because kids are kids and they do things, don't they? Spare of the moment, you know, or, you know, they want to mix their mates and do this and that and the other, and they forget the risks. And this, I mean, listen, thank God for phones, really, we know when you think about it, because one, we know we can track our kids, can't we? We've got trackers on them. You can text them. They can take photos of where they are. They can call instantly for help if they need it. So really, in that way, they're great. But in another way, a mobile phone can be, you know, quite deadly. So I think it's really good to educate your children and take that responsibility that the only one that can keep your children safe, really, not the police, not anybody else, is you. And that's it. And I think we, we, we can't lose that as society because the police are saying you want to do this, want to do that. No, our children are our responsibility and always have been. And we try our best. But listen, sometimes with these paedophiles, no matter how good a parent you are, now, how much you try and protect your child, you cannot. You cannot. And it's so terrible, isn't it, to think that you do your best and sometimes the best is just not enough. It's just not enough. And I think on these cases, in the 80s, did my mum and that when we was all going out say, be careful any perverts out there, you know, don't take a lift, don't. Everyone was I'm in a lift and everything, weren't we? Hitchhiking, everything in them days. Because it, it wasn't around. We, we, it was going on, but no one knew it. It was all kept quiet, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't in the news. The news weren't full of what's going on today. We didn't have the internet then. We didn't have instant knowledge of what's going on. Today, um, really, I think it's the best, that the safest we can keep our kids if we watch what they do online. Because now most crime has gone from, you know, reality to cyber. So, you know, kids are still at risk, but just in a different way. And we've got to keep up with them times. So thank you, Jeanette, great comments. So that's all the comments. There was quite a few, wasn't there, comments um, today. And um, I really enjoyed it, doing it this way. And the other thing I really, enjoyed was reading all the comments even though I couldn't put them because you could imagine we'd be there for ages 
but you know um how other people also can read your comments and find something out about it do your own research and stuff i thought it was wonderful now listen this is our fourth week of doing it and we can only get better so next week cases is the case of the poor little three-year-old you know cheryl grimmer uh, who disappeared and that million um dollar reward that's out for any further information you know for, to entice people to come forward there's that i'd like to hear your comments on that and also the next case is this angus sinclair my gosh i'll warn you now it's a terrible case it's going to have everything in it you know it's going to be a warning out of that one but um yeah it's it, so have a listen to that and then next thursday we'll do murder warnings again so all i can say again is thank you for your comments really enjoyed it so all i can say is thank you i'm really really impressed actually at how the channel is growing and how you are so um good at your comments you come back with some really good information so listen you know what to do thumbs up if you've liked this video you can subscribe to this channel any point you'd like i've sort of done a little bit of subscribe thing there but you can subscribe anytime you like throughout any of the videos or at any time you can follow us on instagram and on facebook you can also catch this on uh, spotify on uh, let's have a chat about murder because it's going down really well people really like this more interaction a more in-depth look at these cases from your perspective not from mine from yours so it'd be really interesting won't it to see what goes on for next week so until the next time bye bye